Heavenly Father, we pray that as you said, let there be light, that your light would shine on us and in us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and for you. And I think to myself, what do I think? What a wonderful world. You'll be glad to hear that I'm not going to sing that this morning for you. Um, But I'm sure you know that song. Uh, Louis Armstrong sings about all sorts of things. Skies of blue, clouds of white, colours of the rainbow, the faces of people, uh, friends shaking hands, babies crying. Uh, And the end point is, I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Uh, What is it for you that makes you think of how wonderful our world is? Uh, Perhaps it's the way that your garden grows up. Or a a beautiful landscape or spectacular mountain range. Perhaps it's some of David Attenborough's wildlife programs where you get up close to see uh, creatures in their natural habitat. Uh, Whatever it might be, your wonder is inspired and you are amazed. And perhaps it even leads you to ask the question where did this wonderful world? come from? As you're probably aware, many people think that this wonderful world that we live in came about by pure random chance. Some sort of chemical reaction happened one day and it just so happened to produce everything that we see in this wonderful world. We started with a song Uh, So here's another one, the the theme song to uh, the TV program, The Big Bang Theory. I don't know if you've ever uh, watched it. Uh, Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state. Then nearly 14 billion years ago, expansion started, wait, uh, the earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall, we built the pyramids, math, science, history. Unraveling the mysteries that all started with the Big Bang. Is that how it came about? Just by chance? Well, the book of Genesis tells us how the world came about. Not by random chance, but by the direction of the God who made everything. Might be useful to find the passage. This is probably the easiest passage to find in the whole Bible because it's on well, it's on page three. You expect it to be on page one, but it's on page three in our Bibles. Uh, but it's the very, very start, uh, and uh, and we find that it it is God who made everything. So who is the God that we're introduced to in this opening chapter of the Bible? He is the eternal God. Look at verse 1 with me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word uh, Genesis uh, means uh, beginnings. 
And so we hear of the beginnings of the heavens and the earth, but God already existed. Do you see that? God was already here before the beginning. I used to visit a wee lady in Fermanagh, and every time we would eventually get round to the question, but who made God? You know, God made everything, but who made God? But Genesis 1, verse 1, tells us that God has always existed, that he is eternal, uh, that he is the eternal being, the creator of time itself, but himself without beginning or end, the Alpha and the Omega. The eternal God is also the God who speaks. You can't miss it in this chapter, sure you can't. At verses 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, 20, 24, 26, 29, they all contain either and God said or then God said. And the way that our Bible is, is presented to us, you see that each of the paragraphs begin and God said. God is a speaking God. He didn't just speak creation into being, which we see here. He also revealed it to us. You see, back in the day, that is day one of creation, uh, there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter. No one was live blogging creation. The, the, the BBC cameras weren't there at capturing it for us. No one uh, was making snap judgments on what had happened. Oh, I like that. Mm, don't like that. People hadn't even been formed yet on day one. We wouldn't have known and couldn't have known about how, about how God created if he hadn't told us. And so he revealed it to Moses, who wrote it down for us. Genesis is not necessarily a how-to. Even though the order and sequence of creation is being corroborated by the work of scientists. But God is showing us the why. God speaks and tells us what we need to know about himself and about ourselves and our place in his creation. The eternal speaking God is also the God of power. We see this because whenever God speaks, things happen. I wonder, have you ever had the frustration of saying something and absolutely nothing happens? So you tell the kids, right, time to go to bed. And they still play the computer game or whatever it is they're doing. Or you ask your beloved for a cup of tea and you might as well be talking to the wall. Because um, I sometimes don't listen to Lindsay. But it's not so with God. Do you see that? Look at verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God says it, and it happens. And you see that, that pattern running through the chapter? And God said, 
And it was so in verses 7 and 9 and 11 and 15 and 24. That God is powerful. His words have power. What he wants happens, uh, does happen. And what is it that he says? This eternal, powerful, speaking God. Well, his words show that he is the God of order. Uh, In verse 2, we see that the earth was formless and empty. As the days of creation unfold, we watch as God forms the world, days one to three, and then fills the world, days four to six. There is separation as God forms the world, as he separates the light from the darkness in day one. He separates the waters under from the waters above the sky on day two. Uh, separates the dry land uh, from the water on day three. Uh, and then he repeats uh, as he fills uh, the world. Light and darkness of day one uh, match up to the lights in the expanse of the sky, uh, the sun and the moon, uh, which we see in verse 14. Uh, notice, though, that they're just uh, lights uh, in the expanse of the sky, uh, the greater light and the lesser light. Uh, they aren't even named Because some of the Israelites' neighbours, they worshipped the sun and the moon and the stars. But Genesis is reminding us that God made the sun. God made the moon. And do you see that little throwaway line, verse 16? He also made the stars. We worship the creator, not the creation. Uh, so God has uh, filled uh, the, the sky with, with light. Uh, then uh, the waters and sky of day two are filled by the fish and the birds of day five. And the dry land is filled uh, by animals and people at last of all on day six. God is the God of order. The eternal powerful, speaking, orderly God is also good. And the things that he makes are good. Do you notice the the constant chorus, the repeated refrain, and God saw that it was good. The good God works goodness. And when he makes humans, the the climax of all his work, uh, we see God's verdict on it. Uh, in verse 31. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. The God who made everything is the eternal, powerful, speaking, orderly, good God. And this is our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right at the very beginning, we see God the Father who creates and speaks. We see at the Spirit of God hovering over the waters in verse 2. And we see the Son, the, the Word of God, by whom all things were made, John tells us. There is one God in three persons, the Holy Trinity. And we see that again in verse 26. We need to to look at this one carefully. Verse 26, look at it with me. Then God said, let us make man in our image, 
in our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. You see, if there is not at the Trinity, then who is God speaking to? Let us make man in our image. Or who is he speaking about? We find our God. The God who made everything, the eternal, powerful, speaking, orderly, good God, who made the first humans in his image and likeness. You see, it's only as we see and know the God who made us that we can see who we are as well. In Genesis 1, verse 27, that little bit of poetry. Uh, we find the only rational foundation for human rights. It says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You see, the secular world argues strongly for human rights. But underneath, they actually have very little basis for equality and rights at all. And so that's why many people reckon that the unborn or the elderly or the sick should just be conveniently dealt with and and got rid of. But here we see that every human, male and female, is made in the image and likeness of God. And therefore there is dignity in being human we are precious we also see our purpose in verse 26 let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over the livestock over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground and it's found in the blessing that God gives in verse 28 it be fruitful and increase in number Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule. We have been made according to God's plan and purpose. Shaping the world and us by his power and goodness. To be like him. And to image him to the world. In love and community. Dependent on our maker. Who gives us our place as stewards over his creation. And gives us food and everything we need for life in this world. We are called to care for creation under God's rule and God's care. What are we doing with that? The good God made everything good. And we continue to get glimpses of what a wonderful world we live in. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing again. But alongside the trees of green and the red roses too, our world is also full of pain and sadness and sickness. In a few weeks' time, we'll see how this came about. But this morning, we simply acknowledge that God's good world has been marred and broken by sin. By our sin. 
just as God's image in us has been marred and broken by sin. We have turned our back on God. We have exploited and and abused his good gifts to us. But one man did walk on the earth, perfectly displaying what it is to be the image of God. God himself became one of us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Lord Jesus calls us back to relationship with him. Calls us to turn to him by faith. To receive his blessings which have been won for us by his perfect life and spotless sinless death. And to enter into his rest. God made the heavens and the earth and everything in six days. And on the seventh day he rested. Uh, chapter 2 verse 1 why was that it wasn't that you know God was tired because of uh, all the work that he had done and so he needed to take it easy for a day no it was a day of enjoying all that he had made a day of blessing and on the seventh day the pattern is broken six days of work one day of rest. It's the way that God has made the world, the, the creation mandate, uh, that, that we all actually need to rest from our labours. And so that's what we find in the Ten Commandments. But notice also that the pattern of numbering the days is broken. Uh, look at the end of each day, verse 5. For an example, at the very end there. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And you see that again, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. But for the seventh day, We don't get the same. It's missing. The pattern is broken. And that's an indication that God is continually resting from his work of creation. An unending Sabbath rest that he calls us to participate in. Our weekly rest day, which is now the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, because Jesus rose on this day, when we rest from our labours, is a sign and symbol pointing forward to the perfect rest of heaven. Jesus invites us to share in his rest. A rest from labours. A rest from trying to earn our way. A rest from religious striving. And to instead receive his blessing and his rest. This morning we celebrate communion. And in the old service you 
uh, might remember the comfortable words, the words of comfort and reassurance uh, that come after the confession. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is our God, the eternal, powerful, speaking, orderly, good God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are made in his image. We are made for his purpose and made for relationship with him. Will you come to him today and find your true identity in relation to him? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are eternal and powerful, that you speak, that you are orderly, that you are good. We thank you that you have made us in your image and have restored us through the Lord Jesus, the word made flesh. Father, we pray that you would help us to enjoy at your creation, that we would care for it, that ultimately we would enjoy you and glorify you forever. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.